Turn to your neighbor and greet them, Emmanuel. Give your neighbor a handshake, say, Emmanuel. Give the neighbor beside you a handshake, say, Emmanuel. Give the neighbor behind you a handshake, say, Emmanuel. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake, say, Emmanuel. And greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV. Emmanuel. God is with you. may have your seats in the presence of the Most High God. Once again, you are all welcome in Jesus' name. My name is Brother Chris, and it's a wonderful privilege to share the Word of God with you today. Now, I have the privilege, or I had the privilege, to be brought up in a Christian home, as I know many of us here today watching all over the world uh, also were. And being brought up in a Christian home as a young boy, I used to be uh, read these Old Testament Bible stories. You know, we, we are very familiar with these wonderful, amazing stories from the Old Testament in the, in the Bible. You know, you have the story of David and Goliath. You have the story of, of Noah and the ark. You know, you, these incredible stories. And as a young boy reading those stories, you know, you, they, they used to animate them and illustrate them. So you see it pictorially to try and understand what happened. And they're incredible stories, Jonah and the whale, just name them. But there's always one story I used to hear about or learn about as a young boy that confused me from the Old Testament. Very, very difficult to comprehend. And the story I'm referring to is the time the Israelites were released from their captivity in Egypt and they were crossing the desert to the promised land. Do you, do you remember this story? Are you familiar with this story? Wonderful. It, if you're not, you, you can read the book of Numbers and Exodus to get a clearer idea. But specifically, what I'm referring to is in Numbers 13 and 14. There's a section of this story which is mind-boggling. The Bible says that the Israelites being led by a, a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night who saw the awesomeness of God, they reached the edge of the promised land. They, they were in, in sights of the promised land. They were this close to the promised land. What they had been walking through the deserts for miles for, they were inches away from the promise. And you know what happened? When spies were sent to go and survey the land, they came back with a bad report. And they said, the people of this land are too huge. They're too big. We don't stand a chance against them. And the people of Israel submitted to panic. And at the edge of the promised land, they gave up. At the edge, in viewing distance of that promise, they lost hope. Now, growing up, you know, I've had the privilege to be part of this ministry 
where we witness the Bible come alive. We see the reality of the Bible, not just a story, not just history, not just theology, but the practical essence of Christianity. And so I've realized that the Bible is not just long ago events, ancient wisdom, no. Each subtle, significant, powerful word in the scripture is meant for you. One word may speak today, another may speak tomorrow, but God sent each of them straight to your life. And I reread this story in a new light because looking at what's happening around the world and what I've personally witnessed in my own small journey thus far, I have seen so many people at the edge of the promised land give up. People at the, the brink of their breakthrough, on the verge of their victory, they give up. They lose hope. They abandon post because they, they submit to the pressure of their problem. They listen to the voice of their situation instead of the voice of their conscience and submit to panic, fear, worry, anxiety, and they miss out on what God has promised and destined for them. They're on the edge of the promised land. And just like the Israelites of old, they gave up. Now, why am I emphasizing this, brethren, today? Everyone here, everyone around the world has a situation. Everyone has a storm that they are facing. I don't know what your situation may be today. But many people have changed the history of their lives because of inability to see beyond that situation. When, when, when you don't see beyond your situation, fear sets in. What am I going to do? How am I going to face this? When you don't see beyond your situation, anxiety sets in. How will I get out of this mess? Self-pity sets in. Why, why me? Why, why is this always happening to me? Doubt sets in. Where is God in the midst of this? Unbelief sets in. Does God even care? Is he even there? It's a slippery slope, a downward descent. And before you know it, in that frame of mind, you apply panic measures. You seek 
shortcuts and adopt alternatives outside of God. You become desperate. And desperation with his good friend's deception begins to wreak havoc in your life. Many today have missed out on the promised land, have changed the history of their lives because of this. They submitted to panic. Even those of us as we're here today, examine yourself. Many of us, we know that we're not where we're meant to be. We know we're not where we're supposed to be, where we're destined to be because of this. Many of us, it's like we're operating under a, a four-foot ceiling, whereas we know the sky is the limit. So brethren, what is your situation today? What is your storm? What is your challenge? Is it poverty in spite of your hard work and your, your efforts? Is it inability to secure a job despite goodwill and, and, and your qualifications? Is it lateness in, in, in marriage or delay in bearing children? Is it sickness that refuses to succumb to treatments and medication? What is your own situation? I have a very simple message for you today. A true believer in Jesus Christ must have the determination not to listen to the panic of the moment, but to find the quiet voice of counsel. In other words, to pause and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying concerning your situation. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, in the face of your trouble, refuse to panic and learn to pause. Tell your other neighbors, say, neighbor, in the face of your storm, in the face of your storm, refuse to panic and learn to pause. We, we should be still, even in the midst of the storm. Not submit to panic and begin to do the right thing. And this will lead us to the title of today's message. Be still, even in the storm. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, be still, even in the storm. Now turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 35, the book of Mark, chapter 4. It reads thus, That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Now, listen to this, verse 37. A furious squall, that is a storm, a furious storm came up and the waves broke over the boats. 
so that it was nearly swamped. Now, I'm going to pause in between these scriptures and emphasize some truths to you. First of all, I want you to take notice of this. The presence of Jesus does not mean the absence of storms. Jesus was with them in the boats. He was with them and the storm came up and struck their boats. The promise of God is not, I will keep you away from trouble. The promise of God is, I will be with you in trouble and see you through. That's the promise of God. Trouble does not require any invitation before it comes. In fact, the lives of believers in both the Old and New Testaments testify that being faithful to God does not eliminate adversity or adversaries. Rather, we must recognize that it may be a sign of being faithful to God. So storms will come, but Jesus is with you through those storms. Let, let's continue reading. Verse 38, and it says this, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Say, wow. I, I can't hear you. Say, wow. I want you to imagine that scenario. We just read earlier what happened, that the, the furious storm came up, the waves broke over the boats so that it was nearly swamped. And in this scenario, Jesus was asleep on the boats. Why am I emphasizing this? I want everyone to be clear. Jesus Christ was calm in the storm before he calmed the storm. When everyone around him was restless, Jesus was at rest. Though there was trouble surrounding him, Jesus' heart was not troubled. What does this mean to me and you? The storm may rage around you, but don't let it rage within you. Even though trouble surrounds you, don't let your hearts be troubled. Even when everything around you is unsteady, stay steady as a child of God. Let, let, let's, let's, let's continue on as we take this scripture and apply it to our personal lives. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Then the Bible says this, the disciples woke him. They woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Teacher, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? Perhaps you can identify. Perhaps you can relate. Many of us here have been praying, fasting for so long without seemingly receiving the reward of our prayers, without seeing the corresponding reward of our efforts. 
And in such situations, it's easy for you to look as, to think as if perhaps Jesus is sleeping. Perhaps, perhaps he's not listening. Perhaps he's not taking care. He's not aware. Just like the disciples, they said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? God, don't you care if my marriage fails? God, Jesus, don't you care that I'm sick and suffering? God, don't you care that I've been maltreated and misjudged in my workplace? In such moments, it's easy to have such reflections, such thoughts, just as the disciples did. They panicked. But there are three lessons I want you to learn here. And please take time to write these down. They will help you in your daily walk of faith. Three simple secrets to staying calm in the storm from this passage of Scripture. Number one, don't misinterpret God's silence as rejection. I'll repeat it once again. Don't misinterpret God's silence as rejection. There is more to life than meets the ordinary eye. The situation you are in today may look ordinary, but they have extraordinary effects in the spirits, much of which is hidden to the ordinary eye. God knows best. Why can't we trust in the plan of the master planner? Why can't we trust the design of the divine designer? He knows best. If you're passing through a situation as a Christian, it serves a purpose. God may not seem to respond to your prayers because he's taking time to consider your request. Perhaps it's to prepare you for the challenges ahead, to strengthen your desire for Christ, to reform you for a better position in God or to keep you for a new level in life. God knows best. That's number one. Don't misinterpret God's silence as rejection. Number two, don't introduce sentiment into what has been pre-arranged. I'll say it one more time. Don't introduce sentiment into what has been pre-arranged. What do I mean? As a Christian, every step of your journey, God is aware. If you serve him in truth and in faith, whatever comes your way, whether blessings or trials, storms or, or good times, it is as it should be by divine will. He's aware. No amounts of human sympathy or sentiment can change the course of God. If it is written that you must face this storm, you must pass through this trial. It is written, you must face it. You may think that I, if I take a shortcut to dodge it, 
I'll, I'll quickly overcome. All you are doing is postponing the evil day. You will still go back to face what you tried to escape. If it's written that you must face this, don't introduce sentiments into what has been prearranged from above. Number three, don't act or react under tension and pressure. Once again, three simple secrets to staying calm in the storm. Don't act or react under tension and pressure. A Christian should not act under tension and pressure. In the midst of our challenges that we encounter daily, we must find enough calm to think clearly and react diligently. Don't respond in the heat of the moment. Remember, it's, it's not your, your challenges or your storms that make you to fall. It is your response to them. It is your reaction to them. While some of us yield to that tension and pressure and make wrong decisions, others face the same tension and pressure and still make the right decisions. So it's, it's not what you face, it's how you face it that really matters. Don't act or react under tension and pressure. In the face of your trouble, refuse to panic and learn to pause. In the face of your storm, refuse to panic and learn to pause. And listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say concerning your situation. Let, let me jump on in that book of Mark chapter 4. Verse 39, it says this, Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Some of you may read this and say, well, why doesn't this happen in my situation? Why doesn't Jesus just come and calm the storm in my marriage or, or speak stillness to the storm in my business or, or, or calm that storm in my finances? In this case, Jesus immediately said, be still. And the storm was calmed. But I want to reemphasize Jesus was calm in the storm before he calmed the storm. His heart was at peace whilst others were panicking. Though trouble surrounded him, his heart was untroubled. And at God's appointed time, in this case, when Jesus said, be still, the storm was stilled. Listen, in your own case, we are not here to instruct the instructor. We are not here to command the commander. We are not here to control the controller. We simply submit to his will. At God's appointed time, your storm will be calmed without any personal efforts. At God's appointed time, your trouble will be removed without any tension and pressure. 
at God's appointed time, your problem will be resolved without any personal efforts. Our own parts is to ensure that we're aligned with Him. Don't panic. Refuse to panic. And listen to the voice of your situation. Don't allow your emotions to overwhelm your reasoning. Don't listen to the temptation to act out of character and react badly to the emotional weights you may be experiencing. At God's appointed time, it will be removed. Now, quickly, we end this scripture. Verse 40, it says this, Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Why did you panic? Why did you grumble? Why did you murmur? Why did you lament? Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? Because genuine faith can find encouragement even in that which seems discouraging. As a Christian, your storm is not like others. What worsens others sharpens you. What impairs others improves you as a Christian. What mars others makes you stronger as a Christian. So brethren, as I bring this message to a conclusion, I want to be clear that as you look at the great generals of faith in the Bible, you can see how much troubles and trials and situations they endured to come to a new level in life. But none of them submitted to the panic of their situation. They paused and involved God. In our own generation today, we are privileged to see someone like Prophet T.B. Joshua as a wonderful example of this. I have witnessed Prophet T.B. Joshua in the midst of a lot of stormy weather, but I have witnessed him weather every storm. Why? Why? Because the vicissitudes and calamities of this world cannot dictate the direction of a man of faith whose focus is on God. The source of our courage does not lie in human sympathy or human benevolence or human empathy. The source of our courage lies in Jesus Christ. As true members of the household of faith, even when everything around us is unquiet, we remain calm and determined because our strength, our 
courage, our inspiration is derived from God Almighty. So brethren, viewers all over the world, what is your situation today? I want to assure you as a Christian, what you are passing through will soon become a memory. It will soon be history. It will soon be part of your testimony because your future is being fashioned at this time. Look, when your trouble, your battle is getting hotter, it shows that your breakthrough is getting closer. Don't give up at the brink of the promised land. I pray this message will strengthen you to face your challenges and storms with confidence and joy. And may you see your promised land in Jesus' name. May God bless his word in the midst of our hearts.